Let's get cozy and comfortable and get ready to hear some enlightening, empowering, and inspiring talk with Letitia. Letitia's virtual couch. The discussions on this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you find yourself becoming triggered by any topic, please refrain from listening and reach out to your nearest emergency room or dial 911. If you desire to seek therapy in the future, please Google and find your nearest therapist in close proximity to you. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Letitia's Virtual Couch. This week, most of you know that Gail King interviewed the R&B singer R. Kelly. As you know, R. Kelly has been recently indicted on 10 counts of sexual assault. Now, after viewing R. Kelly's public emotional tirade, their internet have exploded with much chatter. And one of the things that I continue to see coming up is narcissistic personality disorder. That is something that I would like to talk to you about today in today's episode. I created this platform because I wanted to discuss pop culture phenomena to help educate, enlighten, and inspire you and also empower you. Because what I have seen in the past is when things of this nature happens, you know, the internet is buzzing with much chatter, but a lot of misinformation is passed around. So stay tuned. I want to provide you with more information and I also have a surprise guest to come in and to help me in this discussion um, for her to share her own personal plight, her own personal experiences and the work that she's doing now. So stay tuned right after this and I will be back with more. Now, what is narcissistic personality disorder, you may ask? Let's go to the very origin. Narcissistic personality disorder was actually derived from a Greek mythology character called Narcissus, and he actually died from continuing to look at his reflection in a pool. Um, He was so mesmerized by his beauty that he couldn't pull himself away from that, right? Funny, but yeah. <laughs> so I just want to give you a little um, origin of that and give you the characteristics of narcissistic personality disorder to uh, show you what's included in that diagnosis. Now, it's derived from the DSM-5, which stands for the Diagnostic statistical manual and that is a manual that professionals such as myself use to diagnose individuals 
So these are some of the characteristics of someone or what we say symptoms of someone with NPD. Grandiosity with expectations of superior treatment from others. Fixation on fantasies of power, success, intelligence, attractiveness, etc. Self-perception of being unique, superior, and associated with high status people in institutions. Sense of entitlement to special treatment and to obedience from others. Need for continual admiration from others. Exploitation of others to achieve personal gain. Unwillingness to empathize with the feelings, wishes, and needs of others. Intense envy of others and the belief that others are equally envious of them. Pompous and arrogant demeanor. So those are some of the characteristics of NPD or narcissistic personality disorder. Now, this is considered a personality disorder and it affects primarily men. Although females can actually be diagnosed as well, can be affected as well. And they say per stats, which I think it may be higher, is um, affects 0.5 to 1% of the general population. Now, the reason why I say it's more is because generally people who have narcissistic personality disorder do not seek treatment. And uh, they usually don't think that they have a problem. So that's why I think it could be more. Now, there has been studies that have um, said um, why this type of person is formed or, you know, why this diagnosis, um, you know, where it's derived from, basically. And uh, I've heard and seen that it could be overindulgence of, um, of the mother or negligence of the mother. But there's still research out there and needed to be done to really understand Um, I can absolutely say personally that I know people who I would diagnose as this and from their family background that does exist. I'm going to be honest with you. I know people who have overindulgent mothers and I've seen people who I felt had these characteristics um, and they had negligent mothers. Now, this is not to be confused with a person who is just conceited or self-absorbed, all those, although those are some of the characteristics in this personality disorder. But, um, you know, I see it thrown around so much on social media and from people who are non-professionals. But I just wanted to let you know that is more than that. And that's why I wanted to give you the characteristics to show you exactly what it looks like. So after this, I am going to be introducing my surprise guest. I'm not going to give you her name just yet because I want her to actually introduce herself. She has done so much phenomenal work in the field. Um, She has some personal experiences to also share that I don't want you to miss out on. And uh, just remember to, um, if I don't, you know, remember later on, to email me at um, virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. I would love to hear your comments if you have any questions regarding this, because I get a lot of inquiries um, in my inbox regarding people who've been in abusive relationships from people who they felt were um, narcissists or suffer from um, what we call, uh, well, basically people with social, (laughs) who are social paths, I would say. Um, 
So yeah, so definitely email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com, okay? And I will be back right after this with um, my special guest. So please stay tuned and you definitely don't want to miss out on this. Hi, if you or someone you love have ever endured domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 24 hours and it's confidential. That number is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. You may also contact an online chatting service at www.thehotline.org. You are not alone. Hi, my special guest is here. Are you here, uh, Ms. Kimberly? I am. Hi. So I would like to introduce my special guest that I've been telling my audience about. Um, her name is Ms. Kimberly Claiborne. And just a little big uh, backstory. We actually met online, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oddly enough. <laughs> right. We met online and uh, we had an interesting conversation and while we're online on um, social media, we were discussing narcissistic abuse, Stockholm syndrome, and we were educating other people that were on the platform. And I feel like you had a lot of good information to share. And I instantly thought it would be a great idea to have you on my podcast. So welcome today. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about your work, you know, your current work, your your past accomplishments in work, and why you're so passionate about this topic of narcissistic abuse, domestic violence, and so forth? Yeah, well, I'm actually a survivor of childhood domestic violence and also a survivor of being in a narcissistic, abusive relationship. Uh, To summarize my life story, My grandparents got custody of me when I was two because of my father's behaviors. He kept my mom isolated from me all of my life. Um, And I could only see her when he said it was fine. My sisters were born in 97. Uh His control intensified then. Um, We were not allowed to be with them for holidays, birthdays, anything like that. Weren't allowed to leave the apartment when we would go visit them. Um, so when my sisters turned 14, one of them called me and told me that they needed to talk to me. They put their friend's mother on the phone and the woman said, you know, my sister has abuse claims. What should we do? Mm -hmm. And that brought up, um, a long battle with CPS, the police, um, and a whole mess of court dates. Um, CPS actually didn't help us at all. They actually told me they couldn't help because my sisters were old enough to take care of themselves because they were 14 Mm -hmm. and that they would not help until my father killed them or put them in the ER. Oh my God. Yes. And my sister's schools was calling CPS because he was grounding them from school 
and still nothing was done. Wow. So from that moment, I realized if nobody's going to help us, I'm going to have to figure out how to make this situation better on my own. Mm -hmm. So I started educating myself on domestic violence, searching um, the hotline.com.org and I ordered books. And finally in October of 2014, my mom finally left my dad. Wow. Um, She, oddly enough, it was uh, her high school reunion Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't let her go. And I told her, you never get to do anything fun. You're the only person that works. He takes all your money. Go out with your old friends and have fun. Yeah. So she ran down the highway, hid behind a bush, and um, her friend came and picked her up. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment on when she left. And then wow. from then on, um, I started sharing our story globally. I actually was contacted by the National Domestic Violence Hotline mm-hmm. to share your uh, Thanksgiving giving Thanksgiving campaign awesome. in 2016 yeah and so I was featured on their blog and then they actually invited me out to their 20th anniversary banquet mm-hmm. in Austin where I got to meet the CEO and all the other staff and then just more opportunities kept pouring in um, I was selected to go to the United States Women's Summit by the White House wow. administration Amazing. twice. So I got, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to see Barack and Michelle twice. Really? So um, awesome. Yeah. Once in 2016 and actually again last hmm. year. Yes. And then I'm also a published author of a book on domestic violence with uh, 12 other victims of domestic violence yes. that share their story. Um, I was reading on that. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And you were there with, um, I guess, one of the collaborators was uh, James Brown's daughter. Yes, yes I saw Brown. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, Conoris Davis. He used to play for the New England yes. Patriots. He's also in the book as well. So it was a really amazing opportunity to be a part of that awesome. and actually have my book, I mean, have my story published in a book. So now I can like you know go to Barnes and Noble and search my Amazing. name on that little kiosk and I feel super cool doing it and please <laughs> let the audience know the name of that book and where they can find it yes the book is Wounds to Wisdom their Survivor Series Volume 2 okay. and uh, the book is compiled by a woman named Tomiko Larry Pugh mm-hmm. and I actually have been following her for about a year and then she made a call saying she's looking for survivors to be in a part of her new book right. series. Um, so I applied. She called me the next day. We talked. She said I'm the perfect fit. And that was that. And then, um, you know, I flew out to Atlanta mm-hmm. for the book release banquet. And say the title one so, more time just so the audience can catch yes. that. It's Wounds to Wisdom, okay. the Survivor Series, Volume 2. Okay, great, great, great. Yes. Yes, and actually in October last year, I did my first public speaking engagement at the Plaid for Women conference. I was able to host two different workshops uh, to various audiences, and the name of my workshop was Turning Your Wounds into Wisdom. Wow. So it kind of, you know, was a play along, you know, the title Mm -hmm. of my book. And, um, you know, I was super nervous it being my first public speaking event. And my co-founder of my uh, organization, which I'll get into later, mm-hmm. um, 
she wasn't able to attend so I was like I have to set this all up on my own right I've never done this before what am I gonna do and um actually nailed it I guess because right yeah the CEO of the organization came up to me and she's like I'm really getting some amazing feedback about your sessions and I was like what that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> now yeah. I have a question I, I know we talked a little bit you know off of the podcast and I like to kind of get to know the person by even by reading their bio and I know you explained to me that you found yourself even after this in an abusive relationship can you tell us um about that and because a lot of people think that it can happen to me and sometimes we miss some of those signs that are very apparent when we look you know back like oh my god how did i miss that so could you please Mm -hmm. talk about that as well yeah totally um it was in 2017 i was actually in a very bad place in life my mother had come live with me for a while Mm -hmm. um and i of course had never really lived with her before so it was triggering a lot of past trauma that i had no idea that i even had (laughs) wow Um, abandonment and things like that and it kind of sent me in a downward spiral i became very depressed i was having panic attacks um I was awake for six days and constantly crying. Mm -hmm. Um, I finally realized I should probably go talk to a therapist. And I was two weeks into therapy. And a man I used to work with um, at my old job found me on a dating app and we Mm -hmm. reconnected. And um, he slowly began to hook me. And now I realize now I was the perfect target because of my mental state I was in at that point. So did you know him before? Yes, I did. Um, Yes, I used to work at Walmart um, about for five years and we worked together there. Um, We never really talked while working there, but, you know, we were definitely feeling each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. um, yeah, but we never we never talked until like he quit. Never thought I would see him again. Then he found me online and reconnected. Um, and I think abusers are able to realize when a certain person is not in the know best a person. mental spot. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was I was the perfect target for that at the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think also people don't realize um when you first meet somebody that's a narcissist or an abuser mm-hmm. they're actually pretty much everything you've ever done absolutely of. um you're the center why, of their world in the beginning yes mm-hmm. yes i mean like just in a few weeks he's saying i love you kimberly you know let's have a family one day let's get married one day and of course, you know, you're going to think, wow, nobody's ever said these things right. to me before. This is awesome. Right. <laughs> and, um, but it was clearly a, a setup to hook me. Right. And so when people, when people really say like, why doesn't she just leave? There's so much more to that. So much more. Because, you know, when I think back to that, if I would have been an outsider and somebody, you know, had told me, oh, he's a narcissist, he does this and that, I'd be like, uh, what are you talking about? He's mm-hmm. an amazing guy. 
because you don't know how they are until you actually are dating them. Say that again. That is so important. That is so important. Yes. I have this conversation with someone. Yes. Yes. You won't know. Until you're dating them. You won't know. Because abusers only abuse people. Well, I mean, we weren't living together, but they only abuse people inside the home. To the outside... They they're amazing like, he would never like do your that average nice guy exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. and so little by little he would start trying to get more control over me he wanted all my passwords to my social media very controlling that's another red flag mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i'm a very big you know concert person love going to concerts so when i would go to concerts he would accuse me of tr- the celebrities in the band oh, God. and yeah and I was like how would I even have the opportunity to be in that sort of position to mm-hmm. have that happen and he'd be like well I know if you had the opportunity um you would get with him and cheat on me and leave me for him and narcissists and abusers start to come up with all these crazy yes. scenarios in their, in their head. head yeah yeah that start to make them agitated and angry and eventually calls them to blow up mm-hmm. on you because of what's, what's going, going on in yes. their head mm-hmm. right and so like I said in the beginning stages of a narcissistic and abusive relationship it's not at all uncommon for them to shower you with compliments gifts um, constant mm-hmm. attention and things like that but over time they start to do little things to chip away little by to little. devalue you yes, yes. Yeah, to see how far mm-hmm. they can push the envelope. Um, and, and that's what he did. Yeah. How long were you in the yes. relationship with him? Thankfully, it was only about three That's months. good. And Very good. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, you know, being an empath and an advocate, I was... He has past trauma, and that's another thing I think we need to cover. Yes, please. Um, Thank you. Yes. Because yes, most of them have no. past trauma because... What makes up a narcissistic mm-hmm. abuser is they're very mm-hmm. empty in the inside. So they, they try to devalue yes. you because they're empty mm-hmm. and that makes them feel worthy, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he was adopted when he was a child and he had a lot of issues from his birth mom, okay. you know, abandoning him. Yeah. Always and, stems yeah. from the mom. I'm telling you. Statistics <laughs> yeah. always go there. Seriously. Yeah. And um, I exhausted myself trying to find ways to help Mm -hmm. him. I found him support groups. I tried to get him into like church groups. I sent him books about like recovering from trauma and things like Mm -hmm. that. And I was just mentally exhausting myself trying to save somebody that didn't really want to be be saved at all because Mm -hmm. they're their trauma gives gets them the, the attention that they you want. are you're hitting on some real gems here because their trauma is a reinforcement for them they get the you know they get the mm-hmm. because we have flying monkeys i don't know if you're aware of that term oh, oh yeah yes. they have I a lot of flying monkeys too and, and let's go into detail you know what can you explain that yes From the flying monkey actually yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> In my experience, because I had all of his fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, All of his friends and family started to attack Mm -hmm. me. The reason why, which I guess I'll get into this now. When we broke up, um, 
I decided and decided as an advocate I needed to speak up about this. Mm-hmm. So I know usually narcissists are the same way with their exes. Absolutely. And so I I had contacted his ex that he was with right before me. And I was like, I, I'm just wondering, did these things happen to you too? And like every text screenshot that she sent me was almost identical wow. to all the texts that I had on my wow. phone. And I was like, I know this sounds crazy. Yeah. But should we make a video showing these texts, sharing our story and actually naming him? Wow. To warn people. And we were so torn on if we should do this mm-hmm. or not because sometimes, you know, he would get super angry and you would have no idea mm-hmm. what he was capable of. Right. He was a very he was a very strong guy. He was a bodybuilder. They're very scary. The they could be very scary. Their behavior, yes, absolutely. Yes. Very vindictive. And, oh my goodness, yes. And so we decided to go ahead and make the video. We went to my best friend's house, so he wouldn't, you know, be able to tell if it was mm-hmm. filmed at my house, her house. Okay. Um, and we shared all of our texts. Even I showed my bank statements of when he stole money out of my bank account. Wow. Um, yes, I had asked him to go get us some takeout for dinner one night, and the next day I went home and found I had like fifty dollars out of my account. Mm-hmm. And I know you didn't spend fifty dollars at Jack in the Box. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So where's my money? Right. Um, and so we showed all of that and we posted it. I sent it to a lot of the people he knew and that caused a huge hellstorm of flying monkeys. And you know, and you know why too, because they do not like mm-hmm. exposure. Right. Well, not and only that, monkeys, it's like, but the flying monkeys don't see that behavior. They don't see that. Exactly, completely. They're mm-hmm. literally. They told me they're like, "You're a liar. He's the nicest person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He would never do this." And that's why I was like, "You don't find out until you date them." Because hey, I yeah. thought the same thing too. And, and the thing about it, they really are nice to those people. They really are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But when right. you date them, but sometimes a little bit of their manipulation will come out because they're total users of everybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody mm-hmm. in their life, they're using them for something. <laughs> right. Oh. No matter who they yeah. are. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so um, all of his family and friends were attacking me, slandering me, mm-hmm. calling me a whore, and all of these terrible, terrible mm-hmm. different things. That's what they have. The flying when it's monkeys. like, I literally showed you guys proof and evidence of this. <laughs> what yes. more do you want? All the proof is out here, and I, it's so hard for people to accept. I think it really is until they're Somebody. in it or their loved one. And sometimes they don't even yes. believe their own loved ones because I've worked with people who um, their own mothers did not believe their daughters because they loved their quote unquote son-in-law. Seriously, mm-hmm. yes. and I've yes. never seen him do that. I know how you are, but he's not like that. I have seen families being torn apart. And as I'm on this um, subject now, I would like to segue into the R. Kelly thing. You know, his allegedly, I would say for right now, um, have some of the things that you have seen in the media, have it triggered anything for you? Oh, absolutely. Please talk on that. A lot of the, um, the things that I experienced with my narcissistic ex 
mm-hmm. immediately jumped out to me while watching that Gail King interview. Um, wow, amazing. The, yes, and one particular line he said was, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need help because I have a big heart. Yep. <laughs> and I'm always getting hurt. My narcissistic ex said that all the time. Are you serious? He's like, I'm always getting hurt because I, I'm so good to people. The victim role. The victim role. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Completely. And yes. Just making a big scene and well, it's technically called, I'm sure you know, it's called the poor me routine. Oh yeah. And smoke yeah. screening. He was smoke screening mm-hmm. to right. ev- uh, to avoid answering questions. He had to, you know, do this big dramatic thing because he had to, sk- you know, skate around answering Gail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, very and I typical. Want to point out too. I think a lot of people are missing this major, major thing. Mm-hmm. How Asriel contradicted herself when. Oh, please. Yes, Go when Go ahead. <laughs> please. When Gail asked, had R. Kelly ever had sex with her when she was underage? She said mm-hmm. no. But then she goes on to say, My parents made me lie about my age. Right. Well, dear, if you're legal, why would you even need to lie about exactly. your age? Exactly. <laughs> and why did you need a consent to even go with him? Exactly. There were so many holes. So I'm like, and I hate to say it, but I wonder if they got in trouble after that because mm-hmm. the interview didn't go well at all. Oh, yeah. It did the opposite. Uh-huh. Which I'm you so think, glad So you think did. maybe they had like repercussions when they got back? Oh, I, I'm, I'm almost sure they did. I'm almost mm-hmm. sure they did. And, you know, I've said it before. Um, I've talked with people that are connected with that. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. <laughs> that's what I'm just gonna leave it at allegedly right now, mm-hmm. and uh, with big I just hope, air quotations. <laughs> yes, with big air quotations. Huge. Um, yes, he's a very sick man. I'll mm-hmm. say that, mm-hmm. and I think the world saw it during the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm wondering how many people were actually even triggered by it because. Um, his behavior was so textbook narcissistic mm-hmm. personality mm-hmm. disorder. It really was. Yes. If you're a clinician, I'm a clinician, and a lot of my colleagues, we talked about it so textbook where something mm-hmm. else even came up where I don't even think it's just narcissism. I think it's anti-social personality disorder because mm-hmm. they're, they're mm-hmm. big rule breakers. Mm-hmm. He's a sociopath. Yes. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> He's a sociopath. You're breaking rules. You you know what you're doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Well, so he's antisocial stuff too. Typically, <laughs> sociopaths typically only have empathy for themselves. There you go. In that there whole you interview go. was me, 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 me. Poor me, poor me, you know. Everything was directed back to himself. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. narcissists can actually kind of play the role. He didn't even play the role. Right. <laughs> at all yeah he wasn't even <laughs> I mean I guess he thought he was being slick but <laughs> and and that's who, the pathology yeah. of it all because you mm-hmm. really don't even see it <laughs> exactly right totally yeah um, yeah but what I was saying um about my ex we made that video we posted it mm-hmm. um women started contacting me left and right about wow him. Yeah. How many? About how many women contacted you? Well, as of today, which has been a year since the video has been posted, as of today, 13 women have come wow. forward. Wow. 
yes um, <laughs> even as a few months ago I, I received a message and actually yesterday one of his victims sent me a screenshot of him contacting her yesterday attempting a hoover which I know a lot of people oh, don't oh know yeah please explain that yeah. I know as a clinician what it is but can you explain it from your mm-hmm. perspective of what he did and yes then, yeah Hoovering is basically where they're going to contact you with all sorts of promises and apologies Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm going to change or I'm going to go to therapy. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And typically a Hoover is happening either because the narcissistic supply that they had on lock fell through. So now they don't have anybody. So they're Mm -hmm. coming back to you. With narcissists, they go in a cycle over and over again. Yes. From, you know, idolization to... Devaluation. Um, yes, to mm-hmm. discarding, to finding new supply, hoovering back to an old victim, just right. over and over and over again. And um, and please define, because I know we know what these terms are, but maybe um, people in the audience doesn't. What is narcissistic supply? Narcissistic supply is pretty much narcissists always have a line of women waiting in the background, Mm -hmm. different options that they can choose from when they're in need of some sort of, um, some sort of, what's the word for it? They need they need attention. They they mm-hmm. need to, mm-hmm. like I said before, they are empty um, individuals, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be in a relationship. It can be a friendship because right. the flying monkeys also provide them with narcissistic supply mm-hmm. as well. Right, because they're giving them, they're boosting their ego, they're building their self esteem because they're really empty. They're mm-hmm. really empty vessels. Right. Um, if you notice, a lot of times a narcissist will even mimic people. They don't even know they're doing mm-hmm. it. But I've had people even mimic me or I'll post something on social media they'll do the same Mm -hmm. they do not know how to function by themselves right well speaking of mimicking oh yeah they do it really well (laughs) when I was in the relationship with my narcissist um, he knew I was a domestic violence advocate he knew this Mm -hmm. was my passion Mm -hmm. and I was educated on this so he started telling me how he's going to start a project called Project Archangel where he's going to go and save women from abusive relationships. Mimic. (laughs) He has no interest in that whatsoever, but he has to mimic you because he sees you being rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. People love you for it. So, oh, let me do that. And I can also gain her attention and the attention and and, um, rewards from other people. That's why they do it. Right. Well, and, and when I was when I was with him, it's when I, my book was being released, and he was very uh-huh. jealous of that. Oh yeah, very jealous. And he was like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not the only person who's gonna be successful. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get there too. And I was like, well, that's great. They're I very jealous. Uh huh. And they will yeah. always try to shoot down whatever you're doing. They'll right. shoot it down by actually saying it, or they'll try to mimic it so they can be better than you. Oh yes, exactly. that's very obvious. Oh, I yeah. know it right when I see it from from people. Right. I may right. not tell them that, but I, I know exactly what it looks like. <laughs> right. I think it, it's very very crucial to make it clear to people. Oh yeah. If I, as a domestic violence advocate, fell for this, mm-hmm. when I know the signs, and you I know, know the signs signs. absolutely, and I yeah. fell for it. Anybody is gonna. Anybody fall for can. It. Yeah. Anyone exactly. can. 
And I'm glad you said that because we see so much victim shaming mm-hmm. online and I can't respond to everyone. It, it feels like I want to respond to everyone and just get them to see it. And it's so funny because that's how um, uh, we met, actually. Because right. I was like, somebody gets it. Like, who is she? Okay, we <laughs> yeah. need to add each other because <laughs> right? we have some work to do. And what you said, it was just like, you hit it on the head. But so many people just do not see what's in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. Right. The signs are all there. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I don't have a degree in this. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just an ordinary girl. My day job is a preschool teacher yeah. <laughs> at a daycare. Yeah. And um, I don't have a degree in this. But what I do have is a story. What I do have is a voice and experience and I have been deeply educating myself on this for quite some right. time and so um, you know I think people need to understand you don't have to have all these fancy degrees and things like no. that to be able to be an advocate absolutely mm-hmm. right absolutely and that's why I wanted you on because my pa- my podcast of course I'm a clinician and I've had guests on my podcast who are other clinicians, but I wanted the audience to hear from someone who actually lived through it. Right. And not to say some of my clinicians haven't lived through things because a lot of times we become clinicians because we have dealt with things, mm-hmm. but someone who is not in the field, but who's just as passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Seriously. Exactly. Well, what do you and- have upcoming? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, um, you know, I've been getting a lot of hate over um, commenting on this R. Kelly situation. Wow, really? Like, from who? Um, from a lot of people. First, you got the people bringing up, um, what about Weinstein? Oh, what about yes. the priest? And yes, I typically reply back with, just because other predators have done it too, doesn't make it okay if R. Kelly does it as no, well. No, it doesn't. That's, it doesn't. That's like when little kids say, well, he did it too. Well, exactly. guess what? that person's not making good choices so how about you make better and smarter choices exactly and not make the same mistake as them because right don't point the point finger and say he did it right. too and that's as a preschool teacher i deal with that every day <laughs> but even that defense is not even logical when weinstein is being charged as we speak yeah, yeah his um, was r kelly has week. been going yeah r-, r kelly has been getting away with this for years yeah and let's not bring up the people who live in Chicago because I know people who live in Chicago they know more way more than we know right and what I'm also experiencing is um, people within the black community are are angry that I'm a white woman advocating for Mm -hmm. this Um, Mm -hmm. saying that I need to mind my own business yes that I need to mind my own business that I know nothing about what they go through, that just one of their own is being brought down. And why? Because I'm white, I'm not allowed to care about the safety and well-being. And that's why I wanted you on my podcast. Because abuse doesn't have a color, first of all. Yeah. Um, An advocate is an advocate is an advocate. Mm -hmm. And these are Black women, majority, because not even all, that are being abused so why wouldn't you take a stance even more so than you i, I don't get yeah, it exactly. i just don't get it well i don't get it we all know if r kelly's victims were white every kkk group in the nation would be Absolutely. going ballistic right now and you know it trying to burn his place down mm-hmm. it would be a total outrage he wouldn't still be free right now absolutely no not no and we all know that he yeah. would not be free right now 
exactly but given and that's that it problem. is black women yeah people don't care and it's really sad mm-hmm. and when you know black women tell me that it's none of my business in my experience through advocacy actually black women have been the most supportive and empowering mm-hmm. in my journey exactly you know, in my book I, it's it's all women of color I know I saw that yeah I saw that and they have been so supportive of everything that I do and when I go to events actually I've had quite a few white women be super snobby and rude to me at went at events that's about women empowerment <laughs> wow and you know what you just said something that I never thought about is it a thing that we don't take care of our own then because being that you just said that that black women are empowering you but we're not even empowering each other. Ah, oh, that's true. Good point. But then you tell me that white women are, you know, are, are being negative towards you. So what is it about that? That's something to explore further. Exactly. At, at the events, like, I have amazing conversations with black women. We chat it up. We laugh it up. Wow. And um, one particular scenario is when I was at the... United States Women's Summit in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we were at lunch break. I went back to my assigned seat and a white woman stole my seat. And I was like, oh, you know, I was sitting there and she just gave me a dirty look and she's like, too bad. It's mine now. Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're in an event that's all about women empowerment. Oh, and, no. And you're acting this way. And um, I was like, if I could, I would go backstage and tell Michelle Obama on you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I don't think she'd be happy with your attitude right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's so funny because the men, and I wouldn't just say men because there are also women abusers as well. Oh, yeah. But in this case, we're talking about men. They hide behind that. Mm-hmm. And so they get off usually because, you know, that's happening. Right. Um, I want to segue a little bit about grooming mm-hmm. because, you know, when you talked about in the beginning where he showered you, that is a part of grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things can um, our audience look for in terms of grooming? Because when I say abuse, you know, we, we talked about the R. Kelly situation because he has been, um, you know, abusing women and children. Right. And when I was looking at it and researching, I said, oh, my God, it's like a light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. He also groomed parents as well. Yeah, totally. And that has to be brought up because our parents need to know what to look for when they are also being groomed. Right. I think if, you know, the narcissist is being oddly overly friendly when they first mm-hmm. meet them like as for mine the first day he met my family he was like you know I think um, if I ever became homeless they would let me move in with them see uh-huh. I was like what <laughs> they're setting the stage Yeah, you just met them today why would you even say something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and um, that's that's a part of grooming and oh yeah you know when when they're with your family they put on a whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, put their arm around you. They're talking about how amazing you are. Right. So your family thinks, oh, well, this is a really good thing for her. Because mm-hmm. my family and friends were super happy for me when I first met my narcissist. Really? You know, they were like, he's 
such a good guy. I'm so glad you finally met somebody. You deserve this. I'm so happy for you. Not knowing what yes. was to come. Um, as well, um, he would contact my friends, you know, and try to tell them things about me. And then mm-hmm. when I finally broke my silence, two of my best friends actually um, disowned me. Um, wow. Yeah. That is so tip. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said that um, I was causing too much drama. Um, it's because I have mommy and daddy issues and they don't want to hear it anymore. And I was, yeah. And so they disowned me and they haven't spoken to me since. And that was really hurtful because people need to realize when somebody's coming out of a narcissistic relationship or abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. that is so vital that they need support at that time. Yes. Don't, you know, put aside, you know, your own personal feelings about the situation. Mm -hmm. Just be supportive and, you know, offer to go out to lunch with them one day, you know, take their mind off of it you know give them positive experiences right. and certainly don't disown them but you know as far yeah, support as- yeah is needed yeah there's yeah. a lot of grooming tactics I, I actually want to go over some more too while I'm on the phone with you um to see if some of these happen as well or have you seen these in other situations but we first talked about uh mm-hmm. targeting the victim so they do that um mm-hmm. what else they gain the victim's trust or family Um, another thing that I found and I found all of these on Oprah.com to be honest with you I thought it was a very good article really number three they fulfill a need so they try to see where there's a void Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've seen that as well so they're you know gifts attention any Mm -hmm. anytime there's a void so a lot of times they want to know your story and I heard oh, that yes. even in the mm-hmm. R. Kelly situation. They all, oh, I was abused. So they want to know your story. Absolutely. Yes, yes. This, this, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me. They, they mm-hmm. want to know your story. Um, they isolate you. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of um, isolation. Um, stage five, right. sexualizing the uh, the relationship. And I've heard this. They, they're very mm-hmm. sexual beings sometimes where they will also make you do oh, yeah. things that you are too ashamed to even come out and say you did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So true. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. Right. They uh, strive to maintain control. And that's the, and, and that's the last thing. So with mm-hmm. all of those together, they have the victim very crippled. Right. Well, obviously, you know, if if they started being controlling and abusive right away, it would be more likely Absolutely. for the victim to leave because they're not, not emotionally yeah, exactly. invested yet. That's right. So why would they abuse the mm-hmm. beginning that they have more of a chance of, you know, of losing right. that victim? And and also, you know, an abuser no, doesn't they don't. abuse every day. They do have, mm-hmm. they have good moments, days where they do the right things, and um, also moments where they say the right things. But I think the key to remember is, is that just because an abuser is having a good day, they're still an abuser. They're still an abuser based on. See, the, other the sad bad part days. is that you know, and um, it changes. And I'm glad you brought that up when they have their good days. So they have the highs and the lows, and so it's almost like a person mm-hmm. is addicted to heroin. 
actually they have done research to show that yeah. when you're in an um, abusive relationship like that it's almost if a person is addicted to heroin because it changes the chemicals mm. in your brain oh yeah big time oh yeah yeah at the, at the end of my breakup i i mm-hmm. thought i was losing my mind because i i was so i was so used to you know yeah. talking to him every day and right ripped away from me and you created nowhere. a bond even sexually you, you create a bond they that devalue, way too they absolutely yeah they devalue you like mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat like the day before everything was great the next day because someone else must have came into the picture anymore. yeah right exactly and um I think it's also those good moments oh, yeah. and happy memories that victims hold on to that make them think mm-hmm. oh, it wasn't always like this. He he's you know he wasn't like this when we and there's some good in him still. I can he's save him still. He's having a rough day today. Right, right, exactly. And just you know, he's just having a rough day today. Um, you know, I'm sure it will be right. better. Um, and, and that's a typical relationship, even when you say. break up, right? Mm-hmm. So just imagine adding the abuse oh, yeah. to that. Exactly. Yeah, I wanted to exactly. pinpoint a little bit on the, the um, hoovering again. And I wanted to add that mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not even that they're coming back to um, say, I'm sorry. Sometimes they do the shock and awe as well. They um, and, mm-hmm. and I'll give you an example of that. They may come back and say, uh, did you accidentally call me? They want a reaction from you. So sometimes <laughs> yes. it's not mm-hmm. that, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry, I've changed. Sometimes any means necessary to get a reaction from you, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll either, you know, oh, take yeah. some sort of tragedy. <laughs> yes. Like, I was in a car accident. Mm-hmm. I'm in the hospital. Uh-huh. My dog died. Did you bot dial me? You know, I yeah. saw your number in my phone. And did, did you call my ex-girlfriend? Because right. she told me you all of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think actually my ex, he had messaged me one time asking me for a recipe uh-huh. that I had made before. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yes. Are you serious? They will do things like that. <laughs> what tips would you give yeah. someone who is in a relationship like that right now before we close? I think the most important thing to remember is that um, it's not mm-hmm. going to get any better. It, it may be great right now but if you're seeing little red flags little inklings that are making you say hmm this is weird this doesn't sound right trust Mm -hmm. your gut because your gut is telling you something and I know it's so hard to believe that this person could be this way but it definitely can be and you definitely need to go with your gut like my rule of thumb was always you know I can't trust my gut because I've been, you know, screwed mm-hmm. over so much in the past. My gut's all messed yeah. up. So <laughs> I have a bad, you know, a bad reading of people. But I've come to realize, no, my gut, you know, is telling me the That's truth. Right. And also that, you know, nobody has the right to disrespect you or to mm-hmm. control you or to abuse you. Um, you are not somebody's property. You do not have to report to somebody right. everywhere you go, what you're doing, what you're wearing. Nobody should have the passwords to your social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all certainly red flags in the beginning that something is wrong. And also definitely if somebody's saying that they love you after two weeks mm-hmm. of dating you or being with you, that's, that's not a red flag. Either. Absolutely. Too soon. Yes. Talking 
talking they don't even know you yet absolutely yeah exactly um so that's another major major red flag that you need to look out for and also look out for um if they're constantly bashing their exes Mm -hmm. if they're always saying my ex was crazy my ex cheated on me my ex is the reason this and this and this happened um usually most of the time if their exes are all the fault for their breakup in the past um something's something's up up with that that yeah how is it likely that your ex has been the cause of every one of your breakups and every one of your relationships it takes two to tangle so you have to own some part in that we all have absolutely I'm glad mm-hmm. that you, that you brought that up. Um, one one thing that I was mm-hmm. thinking as um, as well is to not tell people your story too soon, and that's mm-hmm. for everybody mm-hmm. across the board. You don't know who they are. Don't tell people your story right. too soon, and not just have anybody in your Facebook, in your social media, because they study you. They know oh, exactly yeah. mm-hmm. what to say what buttons to push because they have studied you a narcissist will study you and social media gives it right right to them 24 7 exactly and and, you know i did that too i would get on facebook and saying like prayers on having a rough day and i think you know a narcissist will see that as an Uh opportunity she's weak and she's vulnerable absolutely that's right Mm -hmm. that's right yeah so you have to be super, super cautious yes. about that. Yes. What resources would Definitely. you share with our audience before closing? Definitely www.thehotline.org, which is the domestic violence yeah. hotline. And then also um, www.domesticshelters.org. Um, you can just simply put in your zip code or whatever your address you're mm-hmm. at. And it will come up with all the local resources in your area shelters um, emergency shelters all of that um and also me you can yes, please me. let them know where to find you on social media as well <laughs> yes um uh well my organization is pain to okay. purpose educate inspire empower um and my best friend denise minix is my co-founder she's a survivor okay. as well yes and our social media is uh facebook.com slash pain to purpose 18. Okay, great. Yes. Great. Um, you have any other um, resources to give or any other ways to contact you or, or is that it? Um, yes, well for book yes, orders, um, I, I take book orders in several ways. Um, I have a website which is www.survivorbook.equid.com. Um, but also if you just go to my Facebook okay. page, there's a link to all of that on there. And then, you know, I do transactions via Venmo okay. app and things like that. Um, yeah. So there's various ways you can contact us. Um, and then we have an Instagram as well, which is pain to purpose. Okay. Um, but we use, you know, we use Facebook as a okay. platform mostly. Yeah. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. You know, it's been such a pleasure and I'm so glad that we crossed paths. I'm so mm-hmm. glad. Um, continue the, the good work because it's so needed. I'm glad that you're giving so many women a, a voice and you're empowering women because that's my platform as well. That's the whole reason why I created this platform was to educate, empower, you know, empower, inspire 
and uh, mm-hmm. you know just provide um, a platform to educate people because we see so much on social media and mm-hmm. with false information given. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to create a platform where they can come and get educated on what's going on in the world today with real information, right. real life people who are experiencing it and who's working in the field. So I thank you so exactly. much. And I'm pretty sure we'll do some more work together and more podcasts together. For sure. Because I think you're totally amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I actually signed up for a podcast. Great. Uh, great, great, great. So uh, I'm going to start to try to make podcasts. Okay. And my co founder is going to chime in as well. So, great. Uh, we're going to start working on that as okay. well. Okay. So keep me posted on that so I can let the audience know. And thank you so much. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye. Hi, if you or someone you love have ever endured domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 24 hours and it's confidential. That number is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. You may also contact an online chatting service at www.thehotline.org. You are not alone. In today's episode with my guest Kimberly Claiborne, I reviewed some terminology. I would like to review that terminology as well as introduce some new terminology to you. The first term is love bombing. Initially in a narcissistic abusive relationship, a person is usually showered with gifts, admiration, love, and attention, but that is usually short-lived and followed by devaluation of that person. The second term is gaslighting. That usually happens in say an argument or a discussion where one of the individuals is using tactics to blame and shift the blame back onto the person. The other person is felt very slighted by that, confused, and sometimes end up apologizing when they're not the one who committed the offense. Something else that I reviewed and that was flying monkeys. That was a term that many of you may have chuckled at, but it's an actual term that is used for narcissistic abusive relationships. That's when an individual is surrounded by what we would call an entourage of individuals. It can include family and friends, and they do uh, use tactics and engage in behaviors that also abuse the individual. It's very pathological, and the person is felt confused and most times isolated. Another uh, term that I didn't bring up was silent treatment. Now, in an average relationship, this can happen, right? I've used silent treatment before. But in a narcissistic abusive relationship, it is very intentional. And the thing that it is wanting, the person is wanting to do is to gain control. So a person will continue to have a silent treatment with you as a means to control the situation. As human beings, you know, we do not 
want someone to ignore us, right? It's something that can be very painful and it's a, it has a very psychological um, underlining to it. The person seeks to control the person because we know usually the other person is going to break, right? But that's what was intended in the first place. So silent treatment, love bombing, gaslighting, flying monkeys. And there are also other terms that I haven't brought up because there's so many more. I would love for you to Google or even go on Instagram and Facebook and just put in narcissistic abuse. But Instagram would be one of the best um, platforms that has so much information. There are so many pages on Instagram that are dedicated to narcissistic abuse. And a lot of these individuals were once in these type of situations. And even if you were to inbox them, DM, um, DM them, which I have in the past, they can provide such a wealth of information. So I wanted to leave that with you after my episode. And please go and research. Again, email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com if you have any more questions. Thank you.